0: patrick and ruth Schwank, and we are so thrilled you're listening in with us here at root like faith this is a place for us to gather together weekly to learn think listen discuss and grow and it's our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in god's word transformed by the love of jesus and moved by his mission in the power of the holy spirit nothing is more important We can't wait to share today's episode with you, so let's go. Well, on today's episode of Root Like Faith, we are talking about spiritual disciplines and how we change. We're exploring a few wrong views of transformation and what relational transformation means, as well as the practices that go along with transformation. So the big question is, how do we actually change? Well, I'm excited to continue to dive into this topic and really the foundation of this entire podcast with everyone listening, because like I said before, I believe it's the single most important lifelong choice we can make, choosing to be rooted in Christ. It it changes everything, how we live in the course of all of our days. But again, how do we do it? Well, my co-host and husband, who you'll hear me call honey a lot, is here again with me today. And for those of you listening who don't know, Patrick, my husband, is an author and a pastor. He's been in full-time local church ministry for almost 20 years, and really teaching and discipleship, they're at the core of all he does in ministry, and I've got to witness this firsthand, whether it's with our family at home, our church family, or honestly, our neighbors. I've watched him live out a faith that desires to teach and disciple others to become rooted in Christ, which is why I wanted him to be the co-host of this show, Root Like Faith. So hi, honey. <laughs>
1: hi, honey. I, this One of my favorite things about this podcast is that I get to hear you call me honey.
0: Well, I, I, I really that. call you honey all the time. You do, but you especially
1: do in the podcast. <laughs> right.
0: Now, you, can, you guys can call, tell them, what should they call you? Pat? Patrick? They probably shouldn't call you honey or...
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, Pat Pat is fine. Okay. I'm not going to hear them. So well, it's not going to matter. Well, that's true,
0: but I mean, if they <laughs> if they follow you online or anything, so Pat or Patrick is fine, I'm sure. So Well, in our last episode, we talked about how our goal is to be with Christ And not just to be like Christ, because I think we in our minds, we think, oh, you know, I need to do this, this and this. Um, And we sometimes uh, miss that we just need to be with him. And I love that. I feel like it is a huge perspective shift when we are thinking more uh, about being with him um, as, you know, instead of always having to do this, this, and this, and just being like him, I think it's a natural byproduct of being with him is to actually be like him. So it was so good. It was such a good conversation. But now I think we're ready to take it a step further and really look at change and how we change. And like I said earlier, that can be so hard. Change or growth. Where where are we going wrong here? I think to so many people, change feels elusive. Like it's so hard to change. I can't get over this thing I'm struggling with. Um, so I feel like we're missing something here. Like we're misunderstanding how God changes us. Where are we going wrong? What, did, what would you say about that, honey?
1: You know, I, I was just thinking the other day about like really what a gift change is. I mean, I mm. was thinking about the Gospels and how... You know, other writers have pointed out or other commentators have pointed out that one of the first things that Jesus says, I mean, it's not the first thing, but pretty early on in the Gospels is that Jesus says, repent, in other words, be changed, mm. um, which is sort of a funny introduction. It's yeah. you know, not, not well, the first thing you say yeah, to somebody exactly. uh, when you meet them. And, and yet, um, you know, in particular, one example is in the beginning of, of Mark's Gospel in chapter one, you know, that's how he starts. And so what a gift that is, that that, that the God of the universe, the Creator uh, in Christ would would come to us, would pursue us, mm. and then call us to change, and actually give us the grace to change, like empower us to change. Right. Um, and I think that's what you see in the Gospels. You know, that one of the very first things He says is is Come, come to Him, come be with Him. And then one of the last things He says in the Gospels is Go. You know, so there's this theme of Come, be with me, come mm. learn from me, uh, let me teach you, let me correct you, let me encourage you, and now go. Um, And so I just love that. But I I was just thinking the other day, what a gift it is that that God invites us into this lifelong process of change. And sometimes I cringe (laughs) at the thought of who I was a year ago or two years ago or five years ago. And I think sometimes it's good for us to stop and to look over our shoulder and to realize how far we've actually come. I think sometimes we don't recognize how much we've actually changed. And so I think it's just a good reminder sometimes to stop and to look back and go, God, you, you really have been at work. And sometimes that work is hidden. Sometimes it's silent, and we don't we don't see it. But what a gift change really is.
0: Well, yeah, it reminds me of there's so many conversations I've been in. I feel like over the last few years, um, whether it's a podcast interview or um, something I'm sharing online or on Instagram or whatever, um, where. I've said it's those little choices day after day that add up over time and add up to a faithful life, really. And I yeah. think that's really what you're talking about here is that change isn't something, you know, we want an instant fix. Yeah. So if there's something we're struggling with, we want it to be uh, fixed right away. We want to change. We want to, and, and then that comes honestly from our own strength and our own power. Right. You know, we're not looking at all the grace and strength that we can get through Christ to change, we're really looking at ourselves to try to change when we're um, so hasty in that.
1: Yeah, there, I mean, I think that's a great point. We, you know, there are wrong ways, I think, sometimes. I think some of the most common um, maybe misconceptions about growth or transformation, um, you know, one I would call the zap theory. <laughs> this is sort of that, that idea that, that God is going to just zap me um, in a moment of reading the Bible or in a moment of worship. <laughs> And I'm just going to suddenly be a different person. That would um, be awesome. Actually. Would be amazing. And actually,
0: yeah. you do hear the occasional story of this just radical transformation. Absolutely. So obviously, God can do anything. He
1: he can. You're right. And I think that the you know um, Saul on the road to Damascus is, a, is mm-hmm. a biblical example of that. And there are you know different men and women throughout church history that you read about that that have those moments. And there are times you know where God does show up in a powerful way and maybe pour out His Spirit in a fresh way in worship or reading mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. But, but the norm, I think, in the Christian life and what you see biblically is that change is a lifelong process. Mm. Um, it, it's what Paul says in Second Corinthians 3, it's being transformed from one degree of glory into another. Mm. And so I think one wrong view of change is that that zap theory and that, that change just comes overnight or in an instant. And that's just not the norm of how God works and it's exactly what you're talking about. And I think you know you, you hit the other one. I think oftentimes and this was probably me for much of my my Christian life early on is that that willpower, you know, that, that idea that I can change myself and I just need to try harder. Yeah. Um, I need to pursue Jesus more. And in much of that pursuit, I was viewing out of just my own my own strength. I need to try to be more loving. I need to try to be more uh, patient or kind. And it was really out of my own strength. And I think those are the, the, the two most common ways that people misunderstand change. And you know, one of the ways I think that we can tell if we are falling into one of those misconceptions is we pay attention to when we fail. Like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. What's our first response when we sin? And so I think oftentimes that's a really good way of, of identifying if maybe I'm not relying on the power of Christ mm-hmm. that, that is in me. And so, you know, Adam and Eve are a great example of that in the garden. Their first response to sin was to clothe themselves with fig leaves um, mm-hmm. instead of turning to God. And so right. I think when we uh, sin, when we fall short, you know, we can pay attention to what our first response is. And our first response always ought to be, Lord, help me. <laughs> like, I can't do this on my own strength. I need your grace. I need the power of your spirit. I, I look to the cross. I look to, to Jesus's grace and the power of the spirit that he gives us, um, and, and we rely on him to change us, um, not our own strength, not, not a, a sort of a, um, you know, in an instant, a, a zap from heaven. Those are not the norms of how right. God changes us. Well, I
0: think that that in my, the one that resonates with me is in my own strength, because I forget often when I find myself often trying to change out of my own strength. And so I, how many of us, honestly, we forget to actually pray about it You know, like, Lord, actually, can you help me in this? Like, I don't need to do this on my own. So that one really resonates with me. So where do we go from here then? Like, we've got these, you know, obviously you shared those two theories. And um, but biblically, when we think about change, then obviously, if I'm approaching it in the manner that I think I'm going to try to do it out of my own strength and I, you know, I'm forgetting to pray about it. Biblically, what is the right mindset here when it comes to change?
1: Yeah, you know, we've we've talked about those two wrong views, and so I think really the the language that that I like to use is relational transformation. I know that sounds, you know, maybe kind of heady or fancy or whatever. I don't even
0: understand it. Really, (laughs) quite
1: simple. You know, I think that idea of, of relational transformation is that. Again, you know, we, and we talked about this in the last episode, that we're in a real relationship with Jesus, mm. and um, we have been joined to Him, like mm. we live in Him, and He lives in us. That's Galatians 2.20, right? I've been crucified with Christ, I no longer live, uh, but Christ lives in me. And so that, that relationship is a real relationship. We, we have union with Jesus, we live in Him, and He lives in us. Mm. And that relationship transforms us. And right. so I think that's, that's the, the core, um, the biblical foundation is that um, we're transformed by this real relationship. And, and that's the idea that we talked about last time, that now to be with Jesus um, instead of being like Jesus is, is the first pursuit, Ooh. that when right. we're with Him, we're opening more and more of our heart to Him, and uh, He's filling us with His love and His truth and His grace. And that's transforming us. And that's where we get into some of the disciplines. Well, and that's what relational
0: transformation looks like then. It's because we've spent that time to be with him. And that's really how we change. I mean, it comes back to that first thing we talked about, being with him, not just trying to be like him, but actually being with him. And being with him then um, is that transformational um, relationship that happens. So um, when we talk about our growth then, so obviously – in our change when we're when we're spending time with jesus and we know through spending time with him that transforms us it makes us become more like him um how how does that look so i know you you said spiritual disciplines we we could really go on we could talk forever there's so (laughs) much to talk about when it comes to spiritual disciplines but i think this is the practical side of it because uh, this is where people need to know, well, how do I do that? That sounds great. Yeah, I'm trying to get up each morning and read my Bible, whatever it is you're trying to do to spend time with Jesus. But can you, pre- let's practically then break this down. If we want to grow, if we want to grow, how does that look practically? Like where do we go from here?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when we talk about spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices, I mean, really what, what people have meant by that or are, are in part, what you talked about—you know, the discipline of reading your Bible every day, right. um, you know, the discipline of praying, the the discipline of memorizing Scripture, meditating on Scripture, um, you know, the discipline of fasting—and I think the important thing is we think about. And we could list all sorts of those. There's a couple important things I think to remember um, about the disciplines, and I think the first thing is that the disciplines in and of themselves don't change us. Um, in other words, the, the discipline of reading the Bible, the discipline of prayer, the discipline of fasting, like those things in and of themselves don't have the power to change us. It's it's who those those things connect us with, right? Mm-hmm. Those things are a means to opening our hearts. When I read my Bible, I'm, I'm really opening my heart. I'm exposing my heart, if you will, and my mind uh, to the risen Jesus who, who's speaking to me through... Um, the Holy Spirit. When I pray, uh, it's not prayer in in in, uh, in and of itself. It's that communion with God, right? right? And so those disciplines, I think, are so important. Um, and I think there's nothing fancy about that. I, I think it's right. it's really that consistent lifestyle of being with Jesus. So, and I think one of the primary ways that Jesus does that is through through His Word.
0: Yeah. And so, okay, so let's start here with reading our Bible and praying. And I know that that seems pretty basic. Um, But that is really just such an important um, spiritual discipline. And I think that I just want to say here that there are different seasons in our lives where this will look different. So let me just give you an example. When I was, when my kids were really, our kids are teenagers now, when they were really little, um, that makes me kind of sound old. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> uh anyways, we are getting older, yes. More mature, I don't wiser. have a
0: child graduating from high school right now. But anyways, <laughs> um, when our kids were really little, and we have four kids, and I remember just trying to find even a few minutes to spend time reading the Bible or praying. And so it looked very different at that time in my life where I was... I would grab a devotional, um, like we have one out right now called "Pressing Pause for Moms." That's I co-author that with co-authored that with Karen Eman, and "Pressing Pause" is an, a good example of a, a devotional that we wrote for moms who found themselves in that really busy season where they only had a few minutes to sit down, and center their heart and their mind on Jesus and His Word. And so, at, during that season of my life, it looked very different than it does now. And so now I actually have like some time. You know, my kids aren't getting up at 6 a.m., you know, like...
1: But our puppy is. Our our new puppy is. Well,
0: that's the problem right (laughs) now. But in general, I have so much more time. If I choose to be intentional, I have so much more time to spend... um, and it doesn't look all fancy like I'm like it might sound. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, come on, I'm rolling out of bed like going to the coffee pot first thing, <laughs> or I can't even function.
1: So. I don't even I don't even look you in the eyes anymore. until you've had that cup of coffee, <laughs>
0: right? So I'm just I just want to make sure though that that is stated up front. Yeah, that we have different seasons in our lives, and it will look different. And I think if mm-hmm. we can recognize that and take the pressure off of ourselves for our time in reading the Bible and praying to look a certain way. Way, um all the time that that that's freeing and i feel like that leads me more to his word and more to him because i don't feel like it's this pressure that i have to do it
1: yeah <clears throat> excuse me i think you're you're exactly right i mean i i remember i mean i'm a reader i love to read i love to learn and i remember when our kids were young it's like you would you know, sneak out of bed, uh, trying to get downstairs as quiet as you could, you know, like a ninja, so you didn't wake anybody (laughs) up so that you could just have 30 minutes. And I'm probably more introverted than you are. You're much more extroverted. And so I really need that time early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I've just learned you know over the years you're right i mean there's different seasons and so i i may not read as much as i did in that season or in this season and so i think that that remembering those different seasons is is so important you know i think reading god's word is is one of the primary ways that god speaks to us and mm-hmm. changes us you know prayer uh, is another discipline mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the early church um, used to pray the Lord's prayer, for example, three times a day. And mm. so, you know, there's different ways that we can we can pray. And and so sometimes, you know, we might go through a season where it's it's helpful for us to get up and first thing in the morning just to pray the Lord's prayer and to pray that at lunchtime or to pray that at dinner yeah, time is a way a friend, of centering
0: us. I have a friend who. Taught me to set alarms on my phone mm. to remind me to pray. If you if that doesn't automatically come to mind, that's like a great. There's like simple yeah. things or post it notes.
1: Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. When and I was you know, just gonna say too that that I think that that all of those dis- disciplines again are meant to expose our hearts to God's love and and God's truth and His grace, so that over time. Um, he's transforming us, and he's changing us more and more into the image of, right. of himself, into the image of Jesus. And, and again, it, it's being with him, not first and foremost trying to be like him. And as we expose our hearts, open our hearts to him, um, he, he's going to transform us by virtue of that relationship that we have. But, but I think you know the second thing that I would say about the disciplines is that it's important for us to remember that the disciplines ultimately are, are meant to create intimacy with, with God the Father through the Son and the power of the Spirit, but th- they're ultimately meant to then point us towards greater love for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love God and to love others. And so I think sometimes we can have a, a, an overly selfish view of the Christian life, that we just want to sort of be on retreat all the time. Yeah. Like if, if yeah. my, <laughs> my vision of the Christian life would be that, like I would just be on a perpetual... Uh, retreat, reading. you know, reading books, journaling, yeah. praying—like I would be a great human being if that's all I got to do. Right. Um, but obviously, that—that's not the mission. And so I think you see that, you know, most beautifully in the life of Jesus, where um, he he practices that rhythm of of withdrawal and then engagement, withdrawal and then engagement. And so the answer for us isn't just to withdraw all the time, to just take a break all the time. Right. The the goal for us is to withdraw, open our hearts. Uh, experience that intimacy with God, but ultimately then to to reengage, mm-hmm. and it's that withdrawal that empowers us with with the love of God to love others in the way that we should.
0: Right. So the spiritual disciplines. Then we talked about reading your Bible. We talked we talked about praying. I know that there's and uh, again I said we could talk about this forever, but let's still touch on uh, briefly. A couple of the other spiritual disciplines for those that are curious, that want to know, that want to go deeper.
1: Yeah, I think you know s- some of the other ones that that historically are talked about is the discipline of fasting. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, abstaining from something so that you might. Um, you know focus in a deeper way on in prayer and reading God's word you see that practice throughout the Bible um, and then there's there's all sorts of, of spiritual disciplines that are more active you know as people write about spiritual disciplines we tend to think about those that are more um contemplative, you know, that there's, yeah. you know, reading God's word, mm-hmm. praying, uh, fasting, but, but really, um, there's all these spiritual disciplines, like the, the, the discipline of serving, you know, mm-hmm. as we, you know, it's the active life of giving ourselves, there's so much growth and transformation that happens, not just by reading my Bible, but actually living it out um, right. and, and, and serving so... and meeting Jesus and the poor, yeah. meeting Jesus uh, on a missions trip. Right. Um, and that's
0: so important. And that's where I just want to stop right now, because I think there is a tendency in the christian culture to focus on reading my bible and praying which are very very important and i'm not you know downplaying that at all but we can we can shift so far in that direction that we miss these other spiritual disciplines like service
1: Absolutely, you know we have gotten into plants. uh, If I can admit that, oh boy! And so again, that's part of being over forty, is you you start birdwatching, taking care of plants. You guys, we have going on walks.
0: Stop! We have a lot of plants. It's I keep trying to say, are you sure we don't need this plant? No, we. I have to like keep telling him we don't need another plant. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well yeah we'll, we'll come back to that that uh, another time but one of the things I was noticing you know is we've um, sort of gathered uh, all of these plants in our home is you know you, you take care of them you you water them you mm-hmm. feed them and you um, there's a beautiful picture of that. I mean, Jesus uses that imagery in the Gospels, and right. and yet I've also noticed that, that there are some plants that we overwater, no, and, they and don't there's, live. there's uh, pests that develop. They, they don't live. <laughs> if we don't water them, they die, they dry out.
0: Or you water them too or much. Or you
1: water but... them too much, and you start to get gnats. And so um, <laughs> I just want to say that because I think that there is what you're talking about, a tendency. If I can draw that connection as we can we can become like a plant that just w- gets watered mm. over and over and over again, and it's actually, it becomes unhealthy for us. Right, actually, um,
0: I can picture, that is actually a really good picture. I can picture right now one of our plants that we overwatered that is literally wilting, not because we <laughs> underwatered it, but because we overwatered it, and the whole thing just, it's like it was weighed down.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah, and, and, and other writers have, have talked, have used the language of, you know, spiritual um, you know, sort of overeating uh, spiritually and becoming unhealthy in that way, and so there really is that balance when we when we talk about disciplines. That balance of, of withdrawing and, and sort of the, the more of those um, contemplative disciplines. But mm-hmm. it's also um, important for us to to be giving away and to meeting Jesus in in the serving life, the giving life as well. And we need both of those to be in balance in, in order for us to, to be healthy spiritually.
0: Mm, I love that so much. So, well, that's just a quick uh, overview of the spiritual disciplines.
1: Yeah, there's so much more I know we could say in right. many disciplines we didn't even get to comment right
0: on. well um, thank you honey that was this was a really really good conversation and like I said we're that we could go on and on and we're we're going to continue this conversation about change and what that looks like and we will definitely come back to the spiritual disciplines in the coming weeks um, this is something a lot of us wrestle with the desire to be rooted and to change and I think having that right understanding of what it means is really the beginning to real transformation and real growth and real change. Well, friends, you can follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwenk and at Ruth Schwank, or on Facebook. And don't forget, everything we talked about is linked in our show notes at rootlikefaith.com backslash podcast. Wow, I loved our time together today. Here's the cool thing, and for me, this is what I need, so I hope it's something you find helpful as well. Every single episode, we will walk away with our key idea. It's that main takeaway, summing up what we've talked about. So the the key idea for today is spiritual disciplines in and of themselves don't change us. They are means to opening our hearts to more of God's love and truth. We'll also be sure to put that key idea in the show notes as well as anything else we referenced at RootLikeFaith.com backslash podcast. Listen, if you feel stuck, you do not want to miss our next episode. We are going to be uncovering the three obstacles or barriers to our spiritual growth. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you don't miss it. And as if I didn't say it enough already, we are thrilled you are joining us and we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. It's our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's word, transformed by the love of Jesus and moved by his mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important.